never would thought that uh, the sermon that I preach to Gary and Judy, I will repeat it again. So they're hearing this sermon twice today. They heard it in my office. They're going to hear it now. And I, I want to take back the word sermon and emphasize, oh, the screen you saw in the announcement. We're going back to school. That's what it is. I pray that none of you will be offended because we're going to school. And this is not uh, undergraduate. This is like elementary school. So please don't think that I want to insult your intelligence by no means. I just want to go back to basics. That's the purpose. And that's uh, one of Jesus' favorite uh, methods of teaching with children, working with little ones. And today, we're going to back to school. And as we're going back to school, my friends, I like very much how the New American Standard Bible reads our scripture today. When Jesus had finished instructing his twelve. You notice, he's in school. He's working with his disciples. When Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. He was always in school. He was always teaching people. Healing people too. The New American Standard Bible, very similar, when Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed from there to teach and preach in their cities. I cannot help but notice the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in, among the members of the nominating committee. The honor, the glory, the praise be to the Lord. I can't thank God enough for the wonderful experience in the two meetings that we have had have taken place. It's, it's just been wonderful. But I'm concerned about the fact that in our minds, and I hope nobody has this kind of conclusions, that nominating committee is about nominating a group of individuals who lead up here and the rest of us sit down and applause or say amen, and that's it. I pray that the Lord will make it very clear to everyone that through this nominating committee, every one of you has a call. Amen? Every one of you. It's not just those who are going to lead in Sabbath school, the deacons or deaconess department. That's just... Part of it. Not the most important part. You are the most important part of it by God's grace. He chose you to be a royal group of individual, royal priest, to minister, to declare the goodness of God. And you are indeed the most important part of this nominations. So, 
Let's go to school. You know, one thing about schools is that you get their test exams. How many of you like testing exams? Can you be honest? Okay. All right. Yes, there are tests, there are exams. Well, guess what? In the school of ministry of Christ, there are quizzes, there are tests, there are exams as well. And we're about to enter into it. And in order to graduate, we must pass those exams with flying colors, straight A's all across, all aboard. The good thing about going to school with Jesus is that he is not aiming to fail you. Quite the contrary. He's not hoping that you fail. No. The opposite. He does not want you to fail. Rather, he is on to see that you all, every one of you, passes this exam that consists of only three straightforward questions. That's it. Pray for the 20 minutes, okay? Three questions. That's not hard. You can do that in one minute. But three questions. You may take out your pens and pencils now and let's begin. Okay? Do you bring a pencil? Did you bring paper? You might have to use your bulletin. Okay? You say, Pastor, you didn't tell us. That's the idea. Okay? It's a surprise. Quizzes, most of the time, are a surprise. And make sure you don't write down everything I say. Just the three questions, okay? So when you see clear that question, just write that question, okay? Or that statement, that lesson that we want to learn today. First of all, let's look from the Bible, the setting for the occasion, that classroom where Jesus was teaching that day. And to that matter, open your Bibles in Luke chapter 5. Okay? That's where you take your class from today, directly. Luke chapter 5. Verse 1 to 3 gives us the setting of the classroom that day. Okay? Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 3. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. Mark that in your mind. Okay? The multitude pressed to hear what? The word of God. That's the textbook today. That he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. That's the same to say the lake of Galilee. And saw two boats standing by the lake. And Jesus for a moment realizes this crowd is growing too big. I can't really get to see everyone's face. So he has this idea. And he saw the two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. No one's on the boat. Jesus see them empty. So he creates a plan. He creates a strategy. He needs to be more efficient in reaching 
this vast multitude that is there. So he needs to get on a higher place. I'm thinking a little bit further so he can have a better eye side angle there. And it says in verse 3, Then he got into one of the boats, verse 3, which was Simon's, we know who Simon is, Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Just row a little bit from the water. Picture the scenario. Just Can you just push it or just get your paddles here and just push a little from the shore there so that I can minister to the people? Yes. And ask him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. He is doing what he likes most, teaching people about the kingdom of God, letting people know how his father is. What a phenomenal, great, loving, awesome father he had. And he wants to picture it. He wants to let them how his kingdom is, how they could be part of it, and what they had to do. The instructions for them. Okay? And, of course, uh, he finished with them. He was done with the multitude, and now he's going to go directly to the disciples. And not only him, I myself, as his representative, and as a student at the same time, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus with you because I am in the test myself. So I did bring my pencil. Actually, I brought two if anyone needs one. Bill wants a pencil, but I, I brought mine. And I got my blank sheet here. Okay? So there we are. Verse 4. We're going to look right now here that um, Jesus was teaching the Word of God And the first question, the first lesson in this exam to his people, we find it there in verse 4 through 6. Follow with your eyesight. When he had stopped speaking, he's done with the multitude, he said to Simon, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Okay? There it is, the instruction Jesus is giving to Peter right there. He's telling them, go into the deep, throw your nets right now. Okay? I can immediately see the reaction of the professional fishermen gather there. And Peter immediately would say, wait a minute, Lord, remember, you are a carpenter. You really don't know much about fishing, or do you? And what mind could fit the idea of fishing at this time of the day with such a crowd? Would there be a fish around here in this area? How could you tell me, who know about fishing actually, not that I want to brag, but how could you ask us to fish now when it's daylight? The fish get to see the net. When is the best time for fishing, fishermen of Lake Winnebago? When is the best time for fishing? There you go. You're a good fisherman. You're a good fisherman. So, Peter is saying, Lord, what what is it? You know, um, maybe, just maybe, you had no fishing advanced classes 
or any kind of experience at all. So let me update you with a crash course of how you really are supposed to do fishing. By the way, the next verse says, Simon said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught zero, nada, nothing. How dare you ask us after spending a whole night to go and fish again? Lord, are you feeling all right? Has the heat got to you? You know, the reflection of the sun and the water while you're teaching the people? Okay, so something is not right. Yes. We know when is the best time for fishing. You know, we know the multitude of the little children, imagine throwing rocks into the lake. Would there be a fish? Absolutely not. Come on, seriously. Lord, do you want us to cast out the nets in the deep now? Thank God that was not Peter's response. Amen? Thank God that was not Peter's response. Instead, you read in the last part of verse 5 the following. Nevertheless, at your word, in your name, I will let down the net. What was the result of the following, of them following Jesus' command? Read verse 6. And when they had done this, follow the order, follow the command, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. How? Look at this. They spent the whole night, catch nada, zero, nothing. Catch nothing. And now Jesus says, go and do that. Apparently, I'm thinking it crossed Peter's mind. It did on my mind that Jesus did not know what he's doing. We so think, or I do think. And now when they cast out in broad daylight, they are not able to pull out the nets. They're breaking. They make a catch like for the whole year. It is so much that is there. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. I, it is amazing what happened when you and I follow Jesus' instruction as his disciples. Can somebody say amen? Think for a moment what could happen in the Fox Valley area if you and I would just follow Jesus' instructions concerning reaching out to all of the people in Appleton, in Nina, in Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, and all the surrounding towns of this area. Can you see where we're going? I see your faces. Thank God our pastor's not really crazy. Beloved, you're beginning to catch what Jesus is trying to tell us here today. You see, thousands and upon thousands will hear the final appeal of Jesus in Revelation 14, verse 6 to 9. I'll share with you my vision of the future of this church. We know already the definition for insanity, right? If we keep coming to church, keep looking the way you look right now, can we expect different results? 
It's not going to happen. So what will it happen? If it takes a pastor to go mad, praise be to the Lord. Okay? He just called a whole group of people out of the blue. They had no idea. What are we going up there for? You know? Thank God it was nothing. Just stand there. That was all. That was it. You had to do nothing. Just stand. And I, and this is the miracle, that you will go back today home and you, you will have a fist with God. Say, God, what do you want me to do so that I will not look, speak, act the same I've done for the many years I've been going to this church and you will do what you want to do and this area of the Fox Valley would not be the same because of what you will do through this vessel of clay. Beloved, the first lesson I must learn, you must learn in the school of ministry of Christ is how to follow instructions from Jesus. Write down. Lesson number one, learn how to follow instructions from Jesus. It appeared that Peter was not getting it. That he said, Lord, um, hello, we were fishing all night. We didn't catch anything. That is the time to fish, but since you say so, we will cast the net. And what happened just left them with their jaws hitting the water or going under the water. I don't know. What can God do in you, through you, in the Fox Valley area, wherever you may live? If we would together Follow his instructions. Do you know how to follow Jesus' instructions? Are you following them right now in your daily life? Don't raise your hand. Don't answer. You got your paper. That's where your answer should go. You don't even have to write yes or no. The question is there for you to think. The question is there for you to meditate. You see, excuses can be devastating. If we start saying, Lord, I'm not an elder. The nominating committee did not select me for anything. So how could I do what you want me to do? Do you have to have an office in church to be a witness for Jesus? Absolutely not. Thank God you're aware of that. Praise be to his name. So I pray that today you will have or capture some, such vision from God and his word that he wants to make a miracle that's beyond your wildest dream and imagination, but you need to say, Lord, I am willing to follow your instruction. Can somebody say amen? Are you willing to follow Jesus' instructions? I have a question. How did it go with you? Did you pass the first lesson? Did you pass the first question? Don't answer. It's up to you. Learn how to follow instructions. The second lesson or question we found it in verse 7. So they signal to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that the boats began to... The nets are breaking and now the boat is about to go down. What is the lesson? What is the quiz here, my friends? They signal. They could not believe their eyes. 
This was too good to be true. And then Peter's chest started to inflate. It started to grow exponentially. And he thought to himself, this is how things are supposed to be done. I knew I could do it all by myself. Why do you think I went to UW Oshkosh for? I'm an expert fisherman. I have my degree. And by the way, it's a PhD. It's not just a bachelor. I'm an expert fisherman here. I knew I could do this. I was just testing Jesus. I just wanted to know if he knew about anything about fishing. My friends, I pray that you too will understand today this lesson. Jesus, I hope you were paying attention how this business of fishing is done. Because I will not repeat myself again and again. I'm imagining Peter saying this to Jesus. So Jesus, pay attention how you're supposed to fish. You see? Peter was picking it up really quickly. And he signaled his partners in the other boat to come and help them. Oh yes, a team builder now sharing with others the load of the gospel. You see, we are the only army who shoots one another instead of the enemy. This is what the devil wants us to do, to shoot at each other. This side to this side, this side shoot the other ones. This is where the enemy wants to take you to believe your enemy is not outside, is in here. Shoot him with your criticism, with your indifference with your lack of prayer for them, your lack of kindness to them. This is the devil himself. He's the architect of the idea. Shoot at each other. That's what we're here for. That's why we have an aisle. Don't you dare to cross it. I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to be the most unkind person I can be. That's where the devil wants to take us, beloved, to the point that, well... In developed countries, here in America, uh, you need to be careful with my space. My space. Don't come too close. No hugs. Just say hi. You know, just stay right there. I pray you will survive me because the most exciting thing for me to do is, you know already, not being behind the pulpit. It's back there or greeting you at the door. I love to greet people there. And I want to make sure people don't think that I, hi, happy Sabbath. I'm asking the Lord to be as genuine and honest I can be, that I'm happy to see you. And that I pray that you did get it, that you passed lesson number one, because here's lesson number two. You see, it is very clear. The devil wants to start shooting at each other. That's his idea. Okay? You might think, Lord, brother, could you hold this grenade for me? He loses it, hold it. Okay? It is very clear. It makes it very plain that in the school of ministry of Christ, there are no lone rangers. There are no, I got to do this all by myself. Do you know how to work with others? Can you join your brothers and sisters in the common cause to prepare the way 
for Jesus soon coming. Can you say amen? Beloved, that's why we're here for. Do you know how to work with others? Because the temptation is, I got to do this by myself. No. We need to, when we start seeing God doing what we have never seen before, because you and I are asking God, we are choosing to say, I don't want to be the same. I don't want to speak the same. I don't want to act the same. I don't want to relate the same way to God. I don't even want to pray the same way I've been praying. Lord, change my mind. Change my prayer. Put a passion in me for lost soul and inspire ideas. And if you lack of ideas, I have a lot. Some are crazy. Some are good. Pick the good ones. Okay? Beloved. They all work, by the way. They all work. I'll be more than happy to give some idea, suggestions of what we can do. Yes? The second lesson we need to learn in the school of ministry of Christ is to share the load of the gospel with one another. Amen? I don't know. I hope none of you think that it's supposed to be only Paul and Judy who do all the work and we pray for them. Okay? No. Or the pastor or Gary or Dave or my brother also. Um, and the rest just wash. No. Jesus is calling for all of us to go to school today and pass. We got lesson number one. We must learn how to follow his instructions. Why? Because human nature is such, sin is so horrible that we will become like God and we will tell God what he's supposed to do. That's what we do sometimes in our prayers. Lord, I want you to do this for me. And not the other way. Lord, what is your will for my life today? It's amazing how we can easily break the first commandment. Thou shall not have other gods before me. Well, that's my opinion. We put our opinions to the level of God. And we're telling him what we think. It's my opinion. And that's what should be done. That's breaking the first commandment. Beloved, as we go to lesson number three and come to a close, this question or this lesson that we need to learn, we find in verse eight and nine right there. Some of you went ahead and perhaps read the whole portion there. But it says, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I want you to picture this with me. Some translations depict that Peter is on his knees and he's saying, Lord, depart from me, but he's grabbing his feet. How could Jesus go? There was no way. He's holding to Jesus. And at the same time, he's telling, telling him, depart from me, go away from me. And he's saying why he needs to go away from him. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the cash, catch of fish which they had 
taken. Lesson number three and final. If you want to graduate in the school of ministry of Christ, you need, I need to learn to be humble before the Lord. Can you say amen? Beloved, it's just that simple. Yes. In the school of ministry of Christ, you and I must learn how to be humble. The opposite of humility is pride, and that is at the core center of mind and your nature. It will pop up when you least expect it to show up as sin, in the form of sin, which is the most, uh, the sin that most offend our Heavenly Father. You just don't go to Menards and buy a pride detector and start measuring people. Okay, I'm going to check your level of pride today. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't see it. It's part of every cell in your body. That's the sinful nature that we carry and we pass down to our children. But that's why the miracle maker, Jesus, our creator, says, I will pour water in you. I will give you a new mind, a new heart, a heart of flesh, sensitive to my word. And you will be able to pass the three questions. Yes? Beloved, question number one, do you know how to follow instructions? Question number two, this is very important. Do you know how to share with others? Do you know how to build team spiritually? You may know that at work, but work is just work. That's just to put bread on the table. Your real occupation, your real career before God is your diploma. If you pass these three questions, and the third one was how to be humble before the Lord, then Jesus will just say, brother, my sister, verse 10. And they were so amazed at the catch they had taken, verse 10, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, Simon. You can stand up now. From now on, you will catch men. You will be a fisher of men. If it wasn't bad enough that I asked some of you to come up here to the front, get ready for something worse. Are you ready to trade whatever you think is your profession to become a fisher of men and receive Jesus' diploma, declaring that you now, from now on, you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. Fear is the number one enemy that holds every Christian back witnessing for Jesus. That's it. Fear. Jesus is saying, do not fear. And when Jesus says, do not fear, he's not just saying, do not fear. His words, his voice is power. He will take away the fear from you. He took it from me, the most scary guy on earth. And he can do the same with you. If he could have done it with me, he can do it with you. 
I was up back there asking Andy to hook me up with this microphone. And Jody, where are you, Jody? She was here earlier. And she was just sharing her experience for those of you who were here earlier. The most shy, quiet, her needed to have people's approval to feed up her self-esteem. That's gone. That's history. He did it with me. did it with her. He can do it with any one of us here today. He wants to take fear away from you and he will make it so clear, so evident to you. If you're not paying attention while you're awake, he'll come to you when you're sleeping. He will show it. He will let you know that you have nothing to fear now. Your number one occupation in life is not a nurse, a physician, an accountant, uh, a plumber, a teacher, and the list. It goes on and on. Whatever you do, that is just to put bread on the table. For some reason, we humans, we brag about what we do. And Jesus is saying, if you're going to brag about something now, it's about being a fisherman. Introducing others to Jesus. We will have more time to learn how to become fishermen for Jesus. I'm thinking of all of those of you who today were so ready to shred the pastor for asking you to come up here. I'm not going to ask anyone to raise your hand or stand up or to come here today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now and close your eyes. And I will do the same. Father, I don't know how long ago, but a gentleman in Africa wrote down, put down these words. I am a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of His, meaning Jesus. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I am finished and done with low living. Sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tam vision, mundane talking, cheap living, and dwarf goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or regarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, lift by prayer, and labor by power, his power. My face is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way rough. My companions, few. My guide, he is reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, 
detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pull of popularity or minder in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, or let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, preached up for for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes. Give till I drop. Preach all I know and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me. My banner will be clear. Amen. Loving Father, as we longer a little longer in your presence, we just want to thank you for taking the risk of inviting us to join you where you're working at. Thank you for even daring to bring us to your class. B.J. the donkey really express more interest in going to a classroom or be around people than what I sometimes manifest. So Lord, it's not for me to figure out or even ask you how you're going to do it. It all boils down to here I am, Lord. Send me. I pray in the name of Jesus, that every disciple present here today, from the youngest to the oldest, will say, Jesus, I got an A. Jesus gave me an A in learning to follow his instructions, in learning how to share the gospel load, and learning how to be humble, never to shoot a brother or a sister with my words, my looks, or my actions, but to love and embrace them. And thank you, Jesus, for giving me the privilege with a handshake, I will pass down the diploma to everyone at the door. You are a fisherman for Jesus. Let him reveal the mystery. Let him reveal how he's going to do it. Go and ask him and tell him, here I am, Lord. Send me. In Jesus' precious name, we all pray and say, amen.